Welcome back to Quick Bits. David Dobrik gets sued again. The Petito laundry hearing gets canceled. The TikTok psychic gets yet another chance. The Young Thug trial has gone even more off the rails. Courthouse Becky and more. We've got so much to talk about. I'm legal analyst Emily D. Baker. This is the Quick Bits, where I break down just the main points of the pop culture and entertainment cases I'm currently covering on YouTube and the Emily Show podcast. Let's get into it. The live streams over on the Longform channel have been quite busy. Yes, David Dobrik got sued again. This time, it's his insurance company saying that his activity with an excavator swinging Jeff Wittick around that caused Jeff Wittick's injury, well, that was probably business activity, not personal, so State Farm does not want to cover it. Then we've got to talk about the Petito laundry civil lawsuit. They were supposed to have a hearing later this week. The Petito family had asked that Stephen Bertolino be compelled to disclose conversations that he had with Brian Laundrie during the time when it seems that Brian Laundrie was a client of attorney Stephen Bertolino. Stephen Bertolino responded, I broke that down on a live stream, but it seems that attorney-client privilege is really going to apply there. And then the motion was taken off calendar after the motion was withdrawn. So the next motions I expect that we will see will be those summary judgment motions as this case moves closer to its May 2024 trial date. Speaking of motions for summary judgment, that's where we left the TikTok psychic versus University of Idaho professor case. If you remember, this is a defamation case wherein someone on TikTok was accusing one of the University of Idaho professors of committing the murder of four students at the off-campus house on King Road that Brian Koberger has since been arrested and is being prosecuted for. There were multiple cease and desist sent. That TikToker went ahead and said, I'm not going to acquiesce to that request. And now we are in the middle of a defamation lawsuit in federal court. Well, Motions for summary judgment were filed because the TikTok psychic, who was representing themselves, blew off their discovery obligations, and the court gave them another chance to respond to the request for admissions. That was supposed to be done at the end of last week. We will see if there is a new motion for summary judgment early in January. If so, the question of liability for defamation might come off the table, and this might go to trial just on damages. We'll see what happens next. What I didn't expect in the Young Thug trial was it to be postponed for over an additional week because one of the co-defendants was stabbed in custody. But that trial is down to 15 jurors. If you have seen my breakdown on the case, you know that this is a complicated seven-defendant racketeering case involving Grammy Award-winning rapper Young Thug and others, the prosecution alleging that the record label YSL is also a criminal street gang and that they are using that organization to commit criminal activity. It's a very extensive case. And though I've said in the past that this case was expected to last up to six months of testimony, I'm seeing reports in the last few days that this trial could take up to a year, keeping in mind that it took 11 months to select a jury on this case. They picked 18 jurors. They need 12 to deliberate, and they are currently down to 15. Everything that happens in this case has been a bit unexpected, including the length of that jury selection. But getting down to 15 jurors when they're barely two weeks into trial, where the prosecution has over 400 witnesses, is going to be a huge problem. The probability that this case has an issue of running out of jurors and is a mistrial is much higher to me at this point than this trial ever seeing a verdict one way or the other. 
Speaking of trials, talking about Murdaugh, I went through the ethics complaint with regard to Colton County Clerk of Court Becky Hill, alleging that she was using government property to run tours, earn income, gain notoriety, be on Netflix, and the rest of it. But we also got new information with regard to her son's arrest. You'll remember her son was the IT director for the county and got arrested for wiretapping, using his job to listen in on his supervisor's phone calls. In two letters that have been released by the Post and Courier, we see that Courthouse Becky's son not only got to come back to work after the allegations of wiretapping, but that in those termination letters, it said listening in on calls and also alleged that he was being fired for harassment. There will be more information to come out about this, but the allegations with regard to Clerk of Court Becky Hill are not going away anytime soon. And speaking of nonsense, going on in courthouses, this texting judge out of Oklahoma just responded to the Judicial Council trying to permanently remove her from being a judge. She has speed run courthouse fuckery. She became a judge in January of this year, and by October, there was a staggering and lengthy ethics complaint against her, ranging from sending over 500 text messages during a murder trial, wherein she was making fun of the parties and some of the witnesses involved in the case, to coercing male attorneys to take photos in a pink chair, to being disrespectful to those in the courthouse, and posting inappropriately on Facebook. So she responded, and the response was stunning in the level of audacity. I break that entire response down, where basically the only thing she admitted to was that, yes, she posted on Facebook. Yes, she was thirsting after a law enforcement officer that was testifying, but then proceeded to throw everyone else that worked at the courthouse under the bus. It's a wild one. You need the full story, and that's over on the Longform channel. And then on the podcast this week, I covered the murder of Dan Markell. This was a murder that happened in 2014 and has been working its way through multiple prosecutions because it is a conspiracy to commit and solicitation of murder scheme wherein Dan Markell's ex-brother-in-law and ex-mother-in-law have been arrested. Yes, his ex-wife's family is accused to be at the head of this murder for hire scheme and in fact Charlie Adelson, the brother-in-law of the victim, or ex-brother-in-law of the victim, was just sentenced to life in prison plus 60 years for the murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and solicitation of murder. But that's not where this prosecution stops, because right after that conviction, the ex-mother-in-law of the victim was arrested at Miami International Airport trying to flee to, as she said on a recorded jail call, a non-extradition country. Because, hey, it was worth a try. Her words, not mine. Note, all jail calls are recorded, ma'am. So Donna Adelson is staying in custody for now on charges of murder, solicitation of murder, and conspiracy to commit murder. And at her arraignment was already admonished by the court for not speaking back to those who were speaking in court. This case is convoluted and involves a lot of recorded phone calls, and I'm going to be covering it as we get into the new year, as Donna Adelson moves towards trial on the heels of her son being convicted 
for the same killing. So if you want a full breakdown of that, it's on the Emily Show podcast on all your favorite podcasting devices. And if you never want to miss out on the long form content or notifications when the short form content goes live, hit the Law & Nerd app. I hope you have a great holidays and I will see you soon. You can stay up to date with everything I'm covering on our free iOS and Android app at lawnerdapp.com or search your app store for Law Nerd. And you can also follow me on social media at The Emily D. Baker. Remember, I stream on YouTube on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I recap all of that for you in quick bits on Monday. And of course, The Emily Show drops on Wednesdays. Thanks for being a Law Nerd.